0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mindset Nebula. Um, I'm your host, Yelena Perfilieva. Today with me, I have uh, very many great guests. Uh, I have um, our repeated guest, uh, Ashwin Dutt, who is a developer from Mindset from India. Say hi, Ashwin.
1: Hi, everyone. Good morning.
0: Good evening. And uh, we have uh, Matthew High, uh, or Matt High, with, from Mindset uh, today. Uh, Matt, uh, I will let you introduce yourself. Matt is the first-time guest on our podcast.
2: Yep, so I've uh, been with uh, Mindset uh, over here a little more than three months now. I'm a FICO architect uh, directly with Mindset. Great to be here.
0: Welcome, Matt. And uh, we have another first-time guest today with us. It's uh, Mike Berg. Uh, He's a developer, SAP developer with Mindset.
3: Hi, everybody. I've been uh, with Mindset for five years now and in the ABAP development realm for 22 years as of this month.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. And uh, welcome back. Dan Flesher is with us. He's a UX uh, design lead um, at Mindset.
4: Hi there, everybody. Excited to be back.
0: And my co-host today is uh, our famous Ethan Jewett, who is great uh, SCP mentor and um, an um, architect uh, here at Mindset. Hey
5: everybody, thanks Elena.
0: Everyone. So uh, we have a really great, I think subject for conversation today. We want to talk about uh, different career paths in SAP world specifically and in uh, IT, and uh, Dan can talk to us about design and other areas. Uh, We frequently have these types of conversations with different generations of our colleagues. Um, Our younger generation is obviously they're either at the beginning of their career, and some of them might be reaching the crossroads where they need to make decisions which way they want to go. Um, At the same time, uh, someone who has been in the industry for for a while, they might also be dealing with their own unique challenges. Um, how do they progress their career or kind of start moving towards, towards retirement? Um, so that's, I think that's a, just a great subject of conversation. And I'm really glad that we have different uh, people representing different areas of SAP world and uh, different generations here. Um, so I just, uh, to, to start... Um, I just would like to ask everyone to maybe briefly talk. What what is their what is your own? Where are you at your own career path? Um, what maybe? What are you thinking of today? What challenges are you facing? Um, well, let's just go maybe around the room. Um, Eswin, do you want to tell um, where are you <laughs> right now?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I think. Um, once people spend considerable amount of time uh, in IT, regardless of their discipline, so we will reach a point where we have to make, you know, a call. Where I should uh, go? Is it should I take a managerial path, or will I have to stay as a technical? Uh, uh, person, I'm not sure if I am already there yet to make that decision, but um, I think besides my uh, regular um, role, I am already doing some trial trial runs of being a manager, and I see there is already change in the way I look at things, change in perspective already, and it's not easy. Uh, both requires different skill sets, strengths. Um, I would like to hear more from all of you because I'm sure you would have already crossed this path and made a decision how you would like to you know, build your um, career. Um, I would like to hear more from you, um, all of you.
0: So so do I. Uh, Matt, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've been in the SAP space for the past 14 years. Um, after I graduated college, I started in the business and um, doing a lot more of cost accounting um, from that standpoint for the first two and a half years. And then I actually moved into IT to do my first SAP implementation um, with a um, large uh, general aviation uh, company at the time. And then I spent then three years after that doing um, uh, consulting work basically within SAP FICO and um, primarily for the client I was working with at the time was um, actually SAP BPC, but it actually worked out well because of the ECC experience well, as well as BPC, all the interface work, I actually facilitated a lot of that. So it was a, a really easy um transition there and for the last five years before coming to mindset, um, I was hired with a large um, tier one aerospace uh, firm based in Wichita, Kansas um, doing originally uh, solution architecture and then kind of progressed into really the management role. so I kind of oversaw really the FICO functional roles. And then looking at from a strategy standpoint, that then ultimately led to owning all of the SAP Center of Excellence, both the functional and technical side, as well as uh, strategy. So kind of kind of got a breadth of different um, flavors, both on the functional side, as well as kind of a, a progression towards managing both in areas that I was obviously well adept in, into areas that... Um, I hadn't necessarily had any experience towards, and really learned a lot there. In addition to that, it's there was a couple other areas that you know really were a note. One was kind of managing third parties that we had contracted through, as well as the contract that we had with SAP and facilitating that as well.
0: So yeah, it looks like an interesting combination of all the different uh, kind of responsibilities. Yep. Um, Mike, do you want to tell us about uh, where are you at and your kind of road?
3: Sure. Um, so I love being a software developer. I have been wanting to, I wanted to be a software developer ever since I was a child. And uh, my parents brought home a, I'll date myself a little bit here, but they brought home a Commodore 64 for oh. one of my siblings when <laughs> he was in college. And I used to program that. And so it was a very easy transition. I I knew exactly what I wanted to major in when I went to college, knew exactly what I wanted to do. So it was a really simple decision for me. Um, In my past, I have been offered management positions on multiple occasions. Mm. Um, After I turned the first one down, I have to admit, I kicked myself a little bit, Uh, ended up being little did I know it was the correct choice, even though it didn't feel like it at the time, Uh, knowing what my passions are and what I am driven to do. Definitely, the technical path is the right path for
0: me. That's a great, great, great story, Mike. It's uh, it's always interesting to meet, you know, passionate um, developers who who knew early on and it kind of resonates with my own experience as well because I really developed interest very early in in, in my school years. Um, Dan, what about you?
4: Yeah, so I, I guess I am a new manager. Um, so I've been in my role maybe for about the past seven months in terms of uh, people management. Um, I guess there there are other kinds of management, right? And so in in other parts of it, I've sort of managed or designed solutions for several years now. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
4: You know, I, I think an interesting switch when you sort of go towards maybe a manager role is it? It sort of feels like your peer group changes. So when when you're a, you know, in the actual like craft of design, call it, or I think it, you know would be even true in, in development, your your peers are other developers or other designers or other, you know, I, I think that applies generally. And then it feels like when you become a manager, your peers are other managers or other, like they may, maybe even aren't aren't in your discipline. Like I would say. Um, Ethan and I have somewhat similar roles within mindset. So it's instead of, you know, if, if I want to talk to someone about something going on in, in my role, I'm, I'm less likely to maybe to talk to a designer and, and more likely to ping Ethan and say, Ethan, how are, how are you handling this? Um, or something similar with, with people that, that you manage. Um, so it's an interesting change for me now, Now because I'm in consulting, I still have that individual contributor role. So um I think actually in consulting, a lot of times you don't go one way or the other exactly. It's like, you you still Mm -hmm. might end up in a blended situation, but for me, we'll, we'll see as things grow over time with, you know, go back to one way or the other or or whatnot, maybe jury's still out on exactly what I want to do. Cause I, I do find, um, sometimes you, you miss the thing you were doing all the time. If you go to management, you might miss that development work or you might miss that design work a little bit and both are rewarding um but yeah so so i've I've played both roles and and maybe i'd still say on i'm still figuring it out figuring out as we go the journey
0: yeah i've heard heard it i've heard it many times from the managers who used to be used to work in it either development or maybe infrastructure roles that they miss actually doing some hands-on work and uh they sometimes even enjoy jumping in to solve some complex issue and they just say, hey, it feels good, you know, to you know, do something. Finally. Yeah. So, yeah, last but not least, uh, I'm yeah, really curious to hear from Ethan because he's, I think, in a very unique position, rather, at mindset here is that um, I think he's very successfully combining very technology-oriented role with, uh, I think, more of a management lately. Is that right, Ethan?
5: yeah although uh, Ella, it sounds like you're going to go last Jelena, so uh, <laughs> okay. so i'll hand it off to you at the end um but yeah I, I i mean i think if we if i look back at my career which i you know i've been doing consulting for um about 16 years i think in some in some form mm-hmm. um and it's always it's pretty much always been consulting um and that makes your kind of career path so to speak look like a snarl of yarn or something like that you you jump from thing to thing and do something different um each time um I think in I think in 2009 I was promoted to manager of nothing in my first consulting (laughs) company um and um and you know but in. In different roles as a consultant, you you have sort of that kind of responsibility. Like you're a team lead, or you're responsible for delivering a project, um, or you have some you have some more junior consultants who, who are working with you, who you're responsible for bringing along and and kind of showing the ropes. Um, in terms of mindset, you know, Dan and I are in a pretty similar position in terms of. Of timing, where we each kind of took on um, having a team at about the same time, um, when we changed the way that we laid out the company a little bit and and um, and aligned some of the people management with the solutions, um, and that's been really interesting. I think it's been um, like the direct people management thing is a is a is a change and a different way of approaching um, some of the same problems that have you know, popped up from time time to time throughout my career w- with leading smaller teams or that kind of thing. So, yeah, really interested in diving into that a little bit more. Um, also very interested to hear what your career path and experience looks like. <laughs> I, was,
0: I was sneakily trying to. to kind of, we don't, we don't let we the host get out okay. of this and in the yeah. mindset nebula. <laughs> okay. good, good call so yeah i'm uh, i would say i'm very similar to mike except i wasn't actually offered management positions at least not officially i sometimes i feel like just usurp power sometimes (laughs) kind of organically if no one steps in then i just feel like if there is a some kind of leadership spot that is clearly unfilled i just happen to step in there whether others you know appreciate that or not but In in general, when I was um, just at the very very beginning of my career, when I finished university and I was just uh, I work I was working with a great team at a great um, institution at our university, and I was just looking at what's going on in that organization and uh, what are others doing. I really wanted to be like the the director of that organization. I thought that one one you know, one day I will be in that, in that office sitting there and very important. But um, over time, I kind of, I really let go of that. Um, I wouldn't say dream, but of that goal, probably, because I just felt that would have been really great mistake for me to do. I, Generally, I I just don't really like working with people, to be honest. And I think I wouldn't make a really great manager with that handicap. And I think it's better be a good developer than lousy manager. So no matter what your age is or what know what you're doing. So yeah, um, so yeah. Now, now that we've heard of everyone, really, really, really interesting stories, and there is a lot I think to to explore. But um, I just want to ask. Um, does any of you like? Do you have any regrets that you haven't made like different decisions, or maybe otherwise you you feel like that some decision was fortunate? Like Michael already mentioned, he's uh, he's happy that he didn't go into management. What what are your thoughts about that and experiences?
3: I, I can expound on that a little bit. Um, I, I didn't I didn't want to get into too many details uh, during an intro, but what happened with me was. I was in my mid-20s and I was offered a management job and the first thing, I, literally the first thing I was going to have to do on my first day as a manager was fire somebody who was actually a friend of mine. And I didn't want to step into that situation and so that's what made me turn it down. And then realizing or thinking at least a few years later that that was a mistake, I tried, I again, with the same company to get into management. And at that point um, there were there were other candidates that had shown up that were, had had experience. And so I was never actually bypassed. Uh, they ended up just not, they ended up having multiple kind of team leads versus having a manager. I think they did it to not offend anybody, but that's you know, neither here nor there. Uh, but what I learned later on is, uh, that it was definitely a, like I'd mentioned before, it was definitely a benefit to me because of what what my passion is and what I consider myself good at, and then also experiencing some managers along my way uh, that I've reported to that were extremely good, what I would call people managers uh, versus you know a taskmaster or something like that, where they mm-hmm. could really really help you with your career development and even if you know and really coach you along the way. And be able to kind of, you, I would say I had a goal and they would, and it might be okay. let's just say I wanted to move into, I wanted to be the, the, the CTO of a company Well, being a day-to-day developer, I'm not going to get there. And they would help me layer what I wanted to do to get to what my goals were and just kind of peel back those layers and break out a plan and I realized that maybe I could have developed that over time, but I definitely did not have that skill set and seeing how beneficial that was to me and the other people that were on these managers' teams uh, definitely um, realized that was not the job for me.
0: So I'm curious about you, Dan and Ethan. Do you ever have any regrets moving more into management? Um, do you maybe, I don't know, like, or dislike any specific aspects of that responsibility?
4: So I, I can definitely share that there are aspects that I enjoy and there are definitely aspects I don't. So I think one thing, right. Coming from like the practice of a thing to managing a thing is how the language changes. So instead of Mm -hmm. sometimes always talking about design, I'm now talking about, uh, revenue, and utilization and forecasts and opportunities. And and so the stuff that you kind of have to care about definitely changes. And I think that's a, a big switch. Um, I can say that I do enjoy the, the people management side. I like talking to people about the goals they have for themselves. Um, you know, one of my favorite roles in, in doing design is being a facilitator. And I think that good people leadership, you can kind of do that in a facilitative way, like not, not in like a commanding or, you know, you you tell me something and I'll immediately just Uh tell you the right path, but more work in like a reflective mirroring, kind of just help people talk through things and offer advice and figure it out as you go. Um, So I do like that aspect of people management. Um, The one thing I'm really curious about is, I don't, I don't know that I've gotten feedback on how I am as a manager yet in that word. Re- and I don't know where that's going to come from. Like i actually just thought of that on the podcast. And I'm like, I mean, when you're doing like design or technical work, I think it's, you know, those kinds of things, it's easy to get feedback on. Yeah. Your code is up to snuff or here's ways that you can improve or, or things like that. But I don't know. I, I probably can't just ask all of my direct reports how I'm doing as a manager. It's, hard to have an honest conversation that way. And um, so I don't know, I'll, I'll be curious how how growth works in management. Like, how do you get better at that when I feel like it's maybe harder to get feedback or very objective feedback on how you're doing? So, I think that'll be an interesting aspect of it as well.
0: Yeah, yeah it's, it's a good point. It's, it's very difficult, I bet, for managers to to get any any input from people who they supervise. Many people would not be comfortable volunteering this information, but I wonder if it actually makes a great manager when people are more comfortable talking to them about how they manage, about how they do their job. Because if, if it's someone who I'm really not comfortable sharing with, that's probably one of the first signs that they might not be a great manager actually. So yes, yeah, so watch out there. Sure. If, if no one tells you, anything, you know about your management skills, just by your might be the in wheels trouble.
4: are turning. Yeah,
5: maybe maybe <laughs> no
4: news isn't good news. I don't know.
0: We'll
5: see. Yeah, I think. I mean, there. You know, I think I've heard a bunch of a, a lot of words that I think are really interesting. One thing that I really try to keep separate in my mind is is management and leadership, and I, I really don't think that I mean, there are managers who are leaders, right? And but I don't think that those things are really very connected. Um, People who people who just are, like you know, doing work on, you know, individual contributors can can lead through example. And um, there are also like leader company leaders who aren't really managers who don't really have direct reports, but are are responsible for leading the company in particular directions. Um, And I think those are really, really important roles and important skills that are different from being an individual contributor and different from being a manager. Um, it it seems to me. I don't really know all that much about it. I kind of am trying to be in beginner's mind mode, um, but that that management really is about about working with people and about helping, trying to help, trying to do our best to help people. Um, get where they want to be and and be happy in their jobs and help the organization um, grow and take care of the people in it and make sure that people are are productively and happily, hopefully part of the organization. And so um, I think that kind of needs to be where the focus is. And that has to be very relational, I think, um, most of the time. So. Uh, that's where I'm at right now, kind of, but I'm, but I'm very much sort of still reading a lot and trying to understand different approaches to, um, to that, um, profession, I guess. Curious what, uh, what Matt has to say about this.
2: (laughs) No. So, you know, it's funny. I'm sitting there thinking about that. And one of my, and when I was a manager for several years, one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite pictures was the point of the difference between being a manager and a leader, right? And the manager, you know, and it was an ancient Greek kind of photo, and I'd love to share it here. It just, it'd take me some time to find it, but it was kind of this ancient Greek, almost kind of like, um, um, yeah, image where um, the manager is basically sitting at a desk, right? And his people out in front of him, right? And then below the leader is same photo, but the manager is out in front pulling the people in front of him where they want to go. And as a manager, you know, my, my focus was always really around one separating myself from being the traditional manager that just checks off the box because that doesn't do me or my team any good, right? Because it doesn't move us forward. It uh, it basically just says we did everything we were supposed to do performance evaluations, you know what have you? It's just checking off that box. How do we progress as a team? Because we die we live or die being a team because that's what we are. You know how do we how do we facilitate that going forward? Um, that was always my position with my teams that that I managed. You know and. You know, the other thing, too, is I had to have unequivocal trust with every one of them. You know, early in my career, I I had to deal with managers that were, you know, plenty of micromanaging. And my stance is I do not want to be like that. You know, I the teams that I had, I wanted to make sure that I trust them, that I knew they do the job right And really my role for them as an individual was to clear the roadblocks, right? So especially from the client standpoint, when you talk about lots of hierarchical um, layers within the management structure, not only do I have those below me, but I'm also dealing with those above me. And so how do I clear the path for those that work for me so that they can move forward with those that are asking me you know, questions from the top down. So it's really, it's almost like a, it's almost like a balancing act trying to facilitate that, you know, and I always made it clear with my team, you know, kind of going back to the point, you know, Ethan, you were talking about, you know, honest feedback is every one-on-one session that I had with every one of my employees, I would always ask the question at the end, whatever feedback you want to give me, it doesn't matter. Just tell me what, tell me what you want, to, what, what you're feeling, you know, where can I do better? What can I do to help you more? What can I do to help you grow? And, you know, that was really, in my opinion, a lot to help spur the relationship that I had with them to trust them and for them to trust me as far as doing the right thing for them to get the job done. You know, and I think, I think a lot of it is, um, you know, with individuals coming into management, you know, it's easy when somebody comes in to manage a group where they know the subject and they know the topic. It's tough when you get managers that are in there where the employees almost feel like they have to train the manager to be a manager. So, you know, at least in my experience, I think where my employees were very thankful is, is that... They did not have to train me to to facilitate this role to help them in their career progression.
0: It's, it's funny, Matt, you mentioned um, that kind of checkbox checking type of managers. And um, yeah, I had, unfortunately, experience with uh, someone exa- exactly like that. And it's our, our team basically called that person the checkbox checker. But uh, I'm wondering how do people like that who really... I don't know. I would say maybe possibly not even qualified, or at minimum not exactly passionate or knowledgeable about management as a as a profession. Essentially, how do they end up in management? Is it is it just out of um, necessity? They just ran out of. They kind of they reach a certain point where they have just nowhere to go but to move to management or just move out, leave the company, or is that maybe they are just have different uh, vision of how management works? Why, 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 essentially, why do we have bad managers?
2: Well, I think to that point, and and forgive me for saying it, I think that's why the Peter principle exists, right? Where you get promoted to a level at which you're most incompetent at, (laughs) right? And, and unfortunately that's all over the place. Mm. You know, I, I, I think for a lot of organizations, it may seem easy. I think in some respects, it's just, it's, they consider it a natural progression, but I think where they miss the boat a lot of times is to ask the hard questions to say, is this the right progression, both for the organization and the individual to actually move to that level? And I don't think that question is asked enough. I think I think from that standpoint, it's just easy just to go ahead and do it you know, without thinking about any type of ramifications that are either short-term or even long-term. Because I've worked for plenty of managers that have been managers for a long time. And the feedback that I got from people that had worked for these individuals 10, 15, 20 years prior is nothing changed with them. So it's really trying to understand where you want to be as a manager, right? And obviously, it's people focused first and foremost. I mean, that's the first rule. And that's the thing that can't be lost sight on. You know, one of my stringent rules as being a manager is I fight for my people day in, and day out, unequivocally. If you're wrong, you're wrong. And we'll have that discussion. But I don't stop fighting for you because at the end of the day, I hope that our that we're aligned on where we want to move to to go forward, you know, not only in the work that we're doing, but in your progress in your career progression as well. I think maybe one thing too, how you could end up with bad
4: management is I, I don't know if people see that as like a skill they can grow. As much as you see like mm-hmm. technical skills or, you know, learning new things about SAP modules, like it's it's easy to understand how to grow in those things. You you read the book, you read the blogs, you you learn some examples, you you practice um, some code or some design cases, and you can sort of grow that. I feel like leadership and management might be thought of as like a, a natural skill that, pe- yeah. that people have or don't have. Um, and so if you get promoted to, to a management position you might you might not think that that's a skill you have to continue to learn and grow the way that you were trying to grow when you were you know more doing the thing before managing the thing um, you know again I think it probably applies to a lot of disciplines but um, I think like anything else like Ethan said I'm, I'm also doing some reading and some trainings around management right you can you can learn new things about that and continue to get better even if it wasn't necessarily something that came to you supernaturally. So I think, you know, for management, I would hope that people, if they end up in that position, remember that there's resources, there's learning, there's ways to skill up in that, even if you don't feel like you you take to it immediately and it's, it's the easiest thing in the world for you. I think if it's still something you want to do, you can always get better at it. I just think the the scary part is, you know, if you're just trying to get better at a particular skill, maybe you're concerned that your code or your design isn't up to snuff for a particular project. I think if you feel like you're being a crappy manager, you probably feel like you're letting a lot of people down. And so that, I think, can, can come off worse than feeling like you're not great at a particular skill. Um, but I, I think definitely, right, if you, if you want to grow in that space, there's ways to keep getting better. Um, it doesn't have to be just something that's just this natural gift that you do or don't have.
0: I feel like people who are like crappy yeah. managers, they tend to blame everyone else but themselves. Usually, <laughs> they're supported. <laughs> yeah,
2: I
5: mean, I, I have a... no,
2: no, no. Sorry. sorry, Ethan. I was just going to say, for those that are listening, right? If you want to go look up the the fable on the three letters, I think is a great corollary about. You know management right and you know what it takes and what it doesn't take so by go out there's plenty of um plenty of areas to talk about that
5: i'm googling right now yeah <laughs> um i mean i, I have a, I, I i agree with everything that was said for sure i i have i think there's another aspect of it though which is just that i think you know if you look around in in the world there are a lot of people who just, you know, I mean, the job's not that important to them, right? It's a, it's a job. They do it to make money. Um, oftentimes there are a lot of people who for one reason or another are relatively mediocre at what they do. And that's true for managers, just like for anybody else. Um, there's definitely some like Peter principle stuff going on, um, where, which I, you know, in my view, at least is, is an organizational failing, like organizations should be putting people into positions that they're prepared to succeed in. Um, And so usually, like if you have an organization that's promoting people to that that point, um, that's a problem that should be addressed at the organizational level. And no doubt, there are a lot of companies that are like that, Um, but when it comes down to it, even if you are really good at figuring out who should be a manager um, or putting people into the position or even just doing it randomly, um, there are going to be a good number of people who just aren't really into it for at, at that time, or just because that's how they approach the job. Um, and I think in general, for a career, whether it's as an individual contributor, uh, you know, a developer, a designer, um, or if you want to get into management. I think you need to have that conversation about yourself. Is this something that I really want to be doing? Do I really want to be a developer or am I just kind of paying the bills? And Do I really want to be a designer? Do I really want to be a manager? And, you know, not everybody is going to be able to find that thing in their career, but if you can, um, that's something you really shouldn't pass up. So I think really spending some time thinking about yourself and understanding what you really want. So like, I, I really like Mike's story where kind of accidentally made the right decision for the for at at first i mean not really for the right reason although what what company would put you in that position i mean probably probably it's a it's a (laughs) warning sign um but um but like you came to know yourself eventually mike that that this is actually just okay i'm comfortable with it it's not something that i want to do i want to do this thing that i'm really passionate about and and um, and really, kind of like gets me up in the morning, and that's awesome. Um, so I, I think that's really the kind of key thing that people should be asking themselves. Um, and you can learn new things, just like Dan was saying. You can you can learn the skill um, if that's something that you think will um, will really motivate you. Then more power yeah, to you.
0: I think definitely the most important aspect of making your decisions or career decisions, specifically, is just looking within yourself and understanding what do you want to achieve. Many times people ask for advice, specifically in the SAP space, and you would see someone posting, oh, I have like eight years of experience doing SAP MM or ABAP or something. What should I do? And people would jump in, oh, you can learn this, you can learn that. But no one really asks, well, what do you want to do? Maybe you want to be a carpenter, who knows? <laughs> I mean, maybe you, you shouldn't even be in this in this job. So. It's, it really depends and there is nothing wrong with having just a job, you know, to pay the bills and maybe expressing yourself through the hobbies, but that's then then again, that's something that you should decide what exactly you want to achieve with that. Yeah, it's a really great point.
1: Yep. So like um, Ethan mentioned uh, that like I was fortunate enough uh, to, you know, experience how, <laughs> It feels like to be a manager um, in my trial lens. Um, it's about what is your interest, what motivates you, and what what will make you to give um, you know hundred percent commitment, involvement. That's more. Uh, I think we have to sit back and analyze and validate what is that we. You know, I like what are my interests, and like Dan rightly mentioned, even I am in the same spot. I still did not receive any feedback how I am doing as a manager, still awaiting to figure out um, am I really doing good? And Matt mentioned the trust, the you know, the trust which I am going to build uh, with my team. Um, and and when I sit with them and do goal setting, there is a lot of learning. Um, I, I most of the time I go back and think, you know looking at my team members, how they are setting goals and how they are visualizing their career, you know pa, you know progression, um, So much of learning, um, and I'm still figuring it out. Uh, um, it's I think, and Matt rightly mentioned, it's about you just take up and see how it uh, feels and things will get better. Uh, Slowly,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure, Ashwin, you you will have no problem (laughs) figuring out your path eventually. But uh, I'm I'm curious. So, in let's say within SAP space, within SAP ecosystem, what's like long term career paths are possible for? for different people. I think that these days we are seeing more of architect roles and it's sometimes um, uh, more like a basis person on steroids, as they say, it's a infrastructure related architect. Mm -hmm. There could be a solution architect, um, lead developers uh, like Mike and I, for example. What do you think about just different long-term paths, directions in SAP space?
2: So I, you know, from my experience, you know, um, at least the last two to three years, you know, I was helping facilitate with another gentleman, another manager, um, our internship program. And one of the things that, you know, I kind of learned in my career is I, I hold a a bachelor's of uh, business administration and accounting from the University of Kansas. And when I walked out with that degree, um I didn't necessarily want to go the direction that the program really wanted me to go, which was to go at that time really to the big four audit firms, right? And it's kind of like, okay, so now what do I do, right? And there's a lot of of opportunities out there. And the one thing I learned is taking away from that many years ago and seeing the interns that I would interview going to college visits is what do you guys want to do? And one of the most probably the most profound one was I was actually at um, Kansas State here two years ago and there was a there was a gentleman that came up to me and said hey I'm getting a bachelor's in computer science but I'm really interested in human resources I will hold on wait a minute you're telling me that you're computer science but you want to do human resources because that sounds like success factors right there first and foremost yeah. and B- bingo you know Right. And I'm I'm sitting there almost excited going, you know, it, that's just such an almost an, a unique combination that you never hear of where it's like, whatever you want to do, you can almost write your own ticket for that. But, you know, the, the one thing I, I learned, especially from an intern I had here a couple of years ago was, um, you know, he was trying to also figure out his career path and, my thing is is don't necessarily look at like the traditional aspects, right of where you think it goes. There's plenty of other things that you might not necessarily think about that will lead you ultimately there. And that's really kind of how honestly, my career has been facilitated as well because I haven't necessarily gone a traditional accounting path, right? I've gone the IT, I you know SAP, functional in FICO to ultimately you know managing, right? And that's been kind of a career progression, right? And it's really, honestly, it's almost from a communication aspect that says, don't worry about what is today. Look at what's potential for tomorrow.
5: It always gets kind of bugged me a little bit that we have this idea of like a career progression and a career Mm -hmm. path. And it's, and sometimes it's, sometimes it's sort of like, well, if you love (laughs) what you're doing and you're really good at it, why don't you just do that (laughs) and get better at it maybe. But, um, but why do you have to like, Move, um, I mean that doesn't work for everybody. I, for me, I would not like that. I know that about myself. I like to move and do different things and that kind of thing. But, but I don't know that why that has to necessarily be baked into the to the whole concept. And so, it, and I think that that being baked into the concept causes some problems. So, we have these p- career progressions that are like developer, senior developer, architect, and you look at that and you're kind of like, well, okay, hang on. What does a senior developer do? And what does an architect do? Those are entirely different jobs. Um, Yes. Like you do need to have some of the same knowledge for those, for those jobs, but you're doing completely different things. It's, it, it's just a really different focus. Um, So there are all kinds of examples of that in, in, in the business world. And I think as people who are, who are working and who have our own careers and our own professions, we really need to be thinking about that. And, and just reminding ourselves, okay, the career progression that my company has laid out or that my industry has laid out is not what it has to be. So I can go wherever I want to do, I can do, be, I can do whatever I want to do that works for me. And kind of to Matt's point, oftentimes taking a different path is really going to differentiate you and, help you find your niche and make it so that you really do have a secure and really fulfilling career?
0: I kind of, from different conversations, I sometimes suspect there there is almost like a stigma even for the people who remain in, in the same type of position, in the same type of job for a very long time. Um, I, I don't know, or maybe some people yeah. kind of feel boxed in or just not you know not getting any, anything really um, great accomplished or done. I, I, I don't think that's that's really true or it, it definitely doesn't have to be like that um, and that I think exactly what moves what pushes some people into management positions incorrectly because they just feel like ah, you know I've been doing this I just need to do something different and when they look for well what is something different I can do they really see nothing else but the management path to just kind of to shake, shake things up a little bit. do you, do you think that yeah yeah yeah
2: I was just I was gonna say I, I absolutely agree from that standpoint especially the company I came from I mean there was plenty of individuals that have been there 30 35 40 years in the same role and they absolutely love doing what they did and they're great people for doing it you know and from their standpoint management really was never a consideration for them. You know, they, they loved doing the work that they were doing. You know, they were very good at it. They were very skilled at it. I mean, they were considered the expert and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that by any means. And I absolutely agree that there's a stigma that basically says, well, if you're in the same position for X amount of years, then you've got to be able to move from it. And and I don't agree with that at all. I think, I think it's to each individual finding what their passion is, what, what makes them happy, you know? And if it's something that they really enjoy, then by all means, let them flourish and enjoy because ultimately at the end of the day, it not only makes them happy, but it makes everything that's downstream from them from the work aspect that much easier.
4: I think one interesting thing too, is just, uh, Sorry, I'll, I'll let you jump back to your point, Mike, in a second. But I think we're, we're in an interesting industry, too, where we can't do the same exact thing for 30 or 40 years because everything's changing too quickly underneath us. Um, I, I don't know if that's true in every other industry, but, I mean, UX design and the things you're designing for is not the same in 2021 as it was in 2011, or in like 2007 when the iPhone came out and that kicked off its own resolution. I've got an Oculus uh, Quest here in my office. So, I mean, wow. you can design for VR. Um, I've got all sorts of devices listening to what I'm saying. So you can design design for uh, non-interface like chat conversational interfaces. And, you know, i imagine that the same is true in the tech world, right? Even in SAP or even just outside of tech, things are always changing. So even though, You've been a developer for 20 years or 25 years. Um, I'd imagine you're probably not doing the same exact thing you did when you started. Um, and if you know if you are, there's a good chance something is wrong. Um, but Definitely. but I mean it's it's in 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 this space things are changing so often that even being in the same role. For 10 years, 20 years, it looks completely different. And, and you're constantly having to learn new things and adjust your skill set. So it's it's the same, but it's not um, in, in a lot of ways.
3: There's a real value in allowing people to continue doing what they love as well. Uh, little little less as a consultant, but if you're working for a company, And you've been a developer, you've been a functional person, whatever, and you've been there for 10, 15 years, you know how things were built. You know why things were designed the way they were. You remember the decisions that were made along the way. And then when a new project comes up or something new happens or or a problem happens, you know exactly how everything works. And so you can debug or answer those questions very quickly to anybody new that's that's come into the organization and... Doesn't necessarily wasn't a part of those.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
5: Mike, this is very old school view <laughs> valuing wisdom and experience.
2: I mean, there's there's plenty there's plenty of COBOL that's still out there that still needs to be maintained. You know, <laughs> someone's, someone's got to write the COBOL. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I
5: mean, I mean that's the, I, that kind of popped into my mind when when Dan was saying um, that like things have to change, and it's kind of like well. You know, in some areas, actually, it was a pretty good career decision to just keep writing COBOL. Hey,
0: um, COBOL yeah, is on my uh, college transcript. Yeah, you know. Hey.
5: Oh, you got a you got a job waiting for you at some <laughs> bank, Mike.
0: So, so if Social Security runs out, Mike and I are going to come out of retirement <laughs> to, to write some COBOL or <laughs> or whatever. You know, it's still going to be alive, I'm sure. Yeah, so I, I feel in general, so just to summarize, if any company I think is really want to take advantage of their very diverse um human human resources or people, <laughs> as, as as normal as we call them, um, I think they should really start removing that stigma that comes with um, developers just doing dev- plain development for a long time. If that's what they really want to do, then then let them. Then yeah, maybe don't even invent architect positions just to make it sound if if they want like to give to have some other name like uh, evangelist or um you know influencer or whatever center of excellence have them but yeah there is no need to push people out of uh, some things that they do really well and what they enjoy so as we are kind of we're going to wrap up soon. Um, it's one of the last questions I want to ask. So for someone who is either considering to enter SAP space right now, or someone who just entered and just contemplating their next steps, what advice would you give to that person?
3: The first thing I would say is if you're, depending on how much you already know about SAP, reach out to somebody. I mean, it could be even a random person on LinkedIn would in all likelihood be willing to have a five minute conversation with you about what they do and what their job looks like and kind of what it looks like day to day, reach out to multiple people because of course every organization is different. Every consulting company is different. Just get an idea of what their day to day job looks like, what they do to keep their skills up, how they learned um, what, uh, yeah, but what their path has looked like and where they want to be. And I know I would be, it might be a little weird if somebody at random reached out to me, but I would, in all likelihood, I would be more than happy to just set up a zoom call for a few minutes.
0: Oh yeah. Nice. So Mike expect your LinkedIn <laughs> inbox to blow out after this is posted.
3: I, I'm sure yeah. I'll be uh, connected to this when we post it.
0: <laughs> Sweet.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I, I agree with Michael wholeheartedly. is, you know, especially with the advent of social media, you know, especially with LinkedIn, You know, for those that would even contemplate it, you know, there are so many groups out there on LinkedIn uh, across many of the different areas that SAP has, both functional and technical, that by all means, you know, go out there, join those communities, start going through those posts. You know, know, a lot of the things that I've learned over my career, you know, are answers.sap.com you know, and going through, you know, those that have been through the trials and tribulations before and and really start to immerse yourself in in understanding this, you know, it's kind of like what, you know, they prep, you know, college students, especially when they get ready to go enter the job market around, you know, resume reviews and and prepping for interviews is do research on the companies. You know, in this case here, do plenty of research on the product that you're, you know, you may end up dedicating your life to. You know, I've spent 14 years in here, and I still continue day in, day out, trying to to live that value. On what is it that I can learn each day to facilitate that? So, for for those that are perspective, I agree with Michael heartedly. It's go out there and research as much as you can. You know, no question is a wrong question here. Continue to ask, continue to learn. Well, I,
0: I would I would just very very slightly disagree about no wrong questions because. I feel sometimes people just ask like very, it's not, I wouldn't say like basic, but very under-researched questions. Because if you go in and say, uh, what, what is SAP? Like I'm thinking about doing career in SAP. So if you haven't even Googled it, if you haven't found even basic information and are not asking more specific questions, I can tell you right away, you're going to have very bad time with an SAP career probably yeah, not going to be very successful.
2: That's fair. I was hoping they would at least go and do the <laughs> research before they ask yeah. the
0: question. <laughs> that's, that's what we <laughs> usually assume. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely agree. I mean, that was my assumption, <laughs> right. but agreed.
5: Jelena has <laughs> too spent too, much, too, too much, much time in the trenches have, of I the have, old many, SDN.
2: Julina, how many panel interviews have you been part of? No, I,
0: I have PTSD from <laughs> answers.sap.com. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Yeah. I, um, well, I mean, I'll hop in. I, 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 perhaps a little bit of a broken record, so I'll keep it short. But I, I do think that probably the one of the more overlooked um, sort of career development skills, and when you're getting into a career and when you're going through a career, um, is just kind of introspecting a little bit and, and figuring out, spending some real time figuring out how am I reacting to this position? How am I reacting to this, to this responsibility? What I'm doing? um, what does that tell me about where I want to go next? Um, it's, it's great to try new things and say, I think I'm really interested in this and give it a shot. You'll be wrong sometimes. Um, and the important thing is just to kind of be able to realize that and, and understand that, um, and that can be really, uh, I don't know, that can be a really difficult process. Um, I have my own greek uh, image that just like matt's but mine is mine is just the uh the socrates head and know yourself and or i think it says know thyself but it's a translation so whatever you can you can use regular english when if if you actually wanted. said this um, <laughs> yeah yeah you probably didn't um <laughs> but Pla- plato yeah. just wrote that he said it so we're, we're, uh, but I, I think the sentiment is is important that that's sort of the basis the basic um foundation of whatever you end up doing um and so try to find something that will fulfill you or motivate you or inspire you um and and um, that you can do a really good job at um if you're feeling like it's you're doing a mediocre job and you're not inspired then you know sure keep doing the job but but maybe look at some other options or things that you could change.
4: Yeah. I think maybe to, to add on to that, um, the the nice thing, um, and this is true in SAP world and outside of SAP, I'd say specific to SAP, there's a lot of cool resources like Open SAP, um, the, the training site. Um, outside of SAP, there's LinkedIn Learning, there's Coursera, there's, I mean, if, you know, there's a lot of free options, there's also like bootcamp programs. And so I think barriers are lower than they have been to trying new stuff and i think if you keep trying new stuff and and apply ethan's uh, introspection to that as you go forward and and think of like okay w- what are these things that i'm trying feels right to me if i take like a coding course am i really excited do i want to keep going or am i like ah this is kind of boring i don't know if that's for me maybe i'll just try a design course or you know whatever else it might be but there's a lot of resources out there and free platforms and you can code things you can design things you can do a lot with not much investment other than a little bit of time and effort um, and so I think leveraging those things trying new things and and feeling what's right um, and and what's wrong what what no you know it's it's sometimes effective to learn what you don't like as much as what you do like and so you know I think in the in the information age and in the internet age there's A lot of access to resources that you can use to play around and experiment a bit more, and um, you know, like I said, uh, applying that what feels right will I think help point you in the in the right direction. When you start to hit on things that you want to do, the next course and the next one, and keep learning more, that's usually a good sign that you're you're in the right direction of something that that you're you're going to want to keep learning and growing with.
0: Yeah, it's it's a great great suggestion, and I think many people confuse. Um, very different areas of SAP because they hear about, oh, you know, SAP is, you know, fancy and they're well-paid jobs and, um, you know, maybe somewhat prestigious even, but they don't really understand how many different professions really it includes. And they just think, oh, I'm going to work with SAP. This means I'm going to be high flying consultant, go into the meetings and check in check boxes. But then suddenly they find themselves either in above space and not in the fancy new systems because beginners are not going to be let you know, into the new stuff. They are going to be maintaining the whole DCC system with, when someone else is working on something fancy. So it's, it's really important to understand, I think, for, all's who, for all those who want, who want to enter SAP space uh, or just started to understand exactly like what, what's, what part of SAP you really want to align yourself with, what interests you and what I think you feel you would, you would like and you would be good with. Um, Ashwin, what about you? I think you already have uh, considerable experience in SAP space So advise someone.
1: Yeah, um, um, I, like Dan mentioned, things are changing very rapidly um, when it comes to SAP. There is a lot of things already mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have a, a group where you can follow, learn, explore, and always seek advice. I remember, um, you know, most of the time when I have my connect with Ethan, I seek his um, uh, inputs. What more I can learn? What based on what um, uh, skill set I have, and based on my strength, what more I can add on to that, so that um, I can also. Uh, explore and learn um, so that um, even that will help me to um, you know relay the same information to my teammates when I do goal setting. I can also help them to um, at least suggest um, what are the things out there which will be an add-on to their skill set. So I think it's more of, um, you know, you need to seek inputs. From the people who is already experienced, um, and 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 you move on, and and you definitely will grow.
0: Yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> definitely talk to someone who knows and get their advice. And uh, Mike Burke has already volunteered, so another reminder: please <laughs> feel free to reach out to Mike and uh, to others at Mindset as well. I, I feel that everyone here is very friendly and open to advice others all the time so yeah I, th- I think it was a great conversation everyone um and i want to thank you all for participating um any closing words anyone wants to add anything before we wrap up i see ethan is definitely thinking about something
5: always thinking <laughs> 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 no nothing to say though
0: well, that's 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 a great advice always <laughs> always think not necessarily <laughs> say something so yeah, so so just think kind of inwards, uh, think what are your own uh, desires and goals are uh, think what you want to achieve, what you would be good at, get information, do some research, and I think you will be very successful in whatever career path or not a path <laughs> or a journey or a walk in the woods, what whatever you you want to you want to you know take t- take a part of. Um, So, again, thank you very much for all our guests today and hosts. um, And uh, I hope to see you and um, hope to have you next time. Yep. Thanks.
1: Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Keep developing. Thank you.